When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a day, what a day, what a day, ladies and gentlemen. After just weeks and weeks and weeks of nothingness happening in the National Football League, all of a sudden, suddenly, boom. What's up, kids? My name is Ray Rout. Welcome to the Dear Pass Nation podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit of New England Patriots tonight because I am a New England Patriots fan, but... Man, too much happened around the National Football League today. I mean, just story after story after story, move after move after move. Aaron Rodgers becomes, what, the highest paid player in the history of the NFL? Or did he? Maybe he didn't. I don't know. He's denying it. Russell Wilson's a Denver Bronco. Insanity. Welcome to the Dear Pat's Nation podcast. Guys, we're members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Head on over to DeanBlundell.com. See everything that's happening over there. Over 100 podcasts and content creators, sports, news, politics, entertainment, and more. DeanBlundell.com has everything that you're looking for. If you're a fan of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast and you're looking for a place to get all of my content, head on over to RayRoute.com. That's R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H.com. You'll find all the latest episodes of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast, plus my newest videos, blogs, merch store, and more. Go check out RayRoute.com. Get all of my newest free content all in one place. And hey, if you're looking for a place to get exclusive Dear Pat's Nation content, head on over to my Patreon page. Become a loyalty club member for only $5 a month. Here's a perks you get for joining the Patreon page. You get a live video version of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast. You get direct access to me. Send me a message. I guarantee I'll answer back to you. Your comments and questions will be answered on every episode of the Dear Pat's Nation podcast, plus every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join the Patreon Hangout with me and all the Loyalty Club members and producer Mike. So for $5 a month, get exclusive videos. Get your comments and questions answered and get the Friday Night Hangout. So come check out the Patreon page over at www.patreon.com slash Sports. That being said, let's get this show started. How's everybody doing out there? Hope y'all are doing well. Uh, whatever day of the week, whatever time of the year, I know that people listen and watch this podcast not really in a timely manner. I can tell by my analytics. Hope you're doing well. Now, listen, before I get into my little rant here, let me say that I'm fully aware that I spend my time broadcasting on the internet, making videos for the internet, and you know, being on apps and doing things like I totally get what I do for a living. But you know what drives me crazy? People that do things and say things just to get the attention, just to get the pat on the bat. And I'm not going to call the person out who it is, but I just saw a tweet as I was coming down to start recording this podcast. And they asked a question that was so obviously about them. 
and I could hear them doing it in their whiny little lack of confidence, self-conscious voice. Don't use Twitter to validate yourself, people. Do you really need a bunch of simps to tell you that to pursue your dream? Come on, man. You gotta, you gotta just. I just read a private message that producer Mike sent. He said, "Don't make fun of my tweets." It wasn't. It wasn't producer Mike. It's somebody that a lot of people know. Let's put it that way. But don't simp out. Don't simp out on the internet. Just be you. Do you. If people accept you, they accept you. If they don't, they don't. Don't go crying and looking for the attention. It's a bad look for you, and it's just stupid. And then I started thinking about this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Does big money become like a status thing for big-name athletes? Like, was Aaron Rodgers sitting at home in his mansion thinking, you know what I need to come back? More money. I need to make $50 million a year because I think the whatever he was making, the $40 million a year just isn't quite enough. I understand that you live a lifestyle compared to the money that you make. It's, it's I've been in that situation. Producer Mike and I were talking off air last night. I'm like, I still live paycheck to paycheck. I just live a better life paycheck to paycheck than I did 10, 15 years ago. But like, does becoming the highest paid player in NFL history, is that just an ego thing? Is that Aaron Rodgers being able to walk away and just say, hey, man, I make a boatload of money. I make more money than anybody. Yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT, but he never made $153 million or whatever he's making and or $200 million in four years. I can't even comprehend that type of money. I could work 24 hours a day for the rest of my life and never come close to earning one year's salary of Aaron Rodgers. Based on his appearance, I feel like he lives a humble lifestyle that he doesn't need this type of money. So I just have to wonder if this is just a status thing for these athletes, like Tom Brady. Tom Brady's like, oh, I always took less. I made $230 million from the New England Patriots. Like the guy's not, he's not on food stamps. He's not on government assistance. I just, I see people all the time defend, oh, Brady always took, you know, Brady sacrificed for the team. $230 million. When you're tweeting from your fast food restaurant job, defending the guy making $230 million, you got to put life into perspective. And I don't say that insulting. Because like all of us, we all struggle in life. I mean, I'm, I'm no millionaire. And yeah, look, I'm happy that Brady could put his ego aside and didn't have to be the highest paid player in the NFL. But what I'm getting at is, is let's not act like the guy starved his family for the betterment of the New England Patriots. I'm telling you, this whole money thing is just status. I've said it so many times. What's the difference between 18 million and 20 million dollars? There's nothing. There's no difference between 18 million and 20 million dollars. When you're starting to get up into those figures, money is no longer an issue in your life. Anyways, I'm sure I offended somebody.
Don't care. Let's get into uh, the Patreon questions. I only got one tonight. Four last night, one tonight. They come in spurts. Alex says, do you think Drew Locke will be the long-term solution for the Seahawks, or is he just a bridge quarterback? Oh, no, 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 Alex. No. No. Drew Locke is not a long-term solution for anybody. Honestly, if I was the Seattle Seahawks, if I wanted, if I thought I was trying to see what Drew Locke had, I would sign Mitch Trubisky to go with him and try to watch those two battle out. And honestly, I'm going to tell you what. I believe that Mitchell Trubisky has a better chance of leading a team to some sort of contention. I'm not even saying Super Bowl contention, some sort of contention than Drew Locke does. And I say that with a heavy heart, I guess I should say, because I was a big Drew Locke supporter for a long time. He almost in a way reminds me of Baker Mayfield. And listen, Baker Mayfield's a much better quarterback than drew lock but like i continuously waited for baker mayfield to be this number one fantastic quarterback in the nfl and he just never got there excuse me guys that's the way i feel about um drew lock so yeah no i don't think he's a long-term solution Oh, I'm having stomach issues, just so everybody knows. I'm trying to gut this out. Too big an NFL news day not to do the podcast today. But I'm gutting this out right now. For those of you who can see the video, I am kind of uh, just really leaned over, and it looks like I'm trying to act all cool and calm and collective, but I'm really just, this is me withering out in pain. We'll get this going. We'll get this done. Last night, the show flew by. I feel like tonight, the show is going to... Uh, I feel like it's going to be uh, a little bit longer. Let's bring in producer Mike. Michael, how are you? Ray, man. feel better. I wish. That's why I tried to delay the start of the show. I said I was going to be a little late because I was hoping that this literally started minutes before i was coming down to set up the show so this this never this did not happen at a a reasonable time i guess we should say damn yeah there's a stomach bug going around man all right where do you want to start because there's there's a lot of places to start why don't we start with russell wilson because i actually think that's that's bigger news than aaron Rodgers becoming the quadruple trillionaire or whatever he's going to be by the time this contract finishes so let's start with russell wilson traded to denver broncos we finally saw the compensation that came out a little bit after sure a couple couple first round picks couple second round picks noah fan or yeah noah fant which uh i love noah fant just by the way he was uh he was a guy that i had identified for the patriots back in the draft uh, yep. and they also got a defensive lineman out of it too so they got two good young players four draft picks uh, the Denver Broncos believe even without Fant, they have the team. They bring in Russell Wilson. You now got an AFC West that's led by Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Uh, rest in peace, Josh McDaniels, who thought he was going to go over there and bring the the Raiders and the. I mean, out of those four teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, L.A. Chargers, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos. Who's the worst team in that division? The Raiders, just because of the state of flux they're in. Russell Wilson automatically just upgraded the uh, 
Broncos to third, but it's a close the the three are close, right? So uh, it's incredible what happened today. I almost don't care about Aaron Rodgers getting his big grab bag of money because we kind of all saw that coming. The Russell Wilson thing to me is incredible. I think it's a great move for both teams and send shockwaves throughout the AFC, basically. Do you find it a little bit coincidental that the trade happens right after Aaron Rodgers makes his announcement? No. No, I think uh, I think if Aaron Rodgers didn't get his money, he was going to say, all right, ship me off to Denver. I feel like him and Denver had something in the works with Rodgers ready to go. Yep. And they had something ready to go with the Seahawks and it was all contingent on what Aaron Rodgers was doing. I agree. Yep. Um, the Denver Broncos had a chance to draft Mac Jones. They did. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones is an upgrade over Russell Wilson at this point of their careers or maybe even ever. But I did see a tweet today that someone put out. It was I, th- I think it was a Boston guy, to be real with you, but I, I, I looked at it more from a Denver perspective. I saw perspective. the tweet, yeah. He basically said, I'd rather have Mac Jones, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a starting tight end, and a starting defensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Um, I think it's a little bit of a weird tweet because – Denver was in the position that Tampa was in two years ago, right? They have all this talent. They've accumulated all this stuff. So without the quarterback, it's just going to wither and kind of rot away and you're not going to do anything with it. So I honestly don't think the compensation is a bad thing. I think it works out for both teams. Russell Wilson, clearly not happy in Seattle. Denver gets to utilize their talent. And, you know, what's, I, 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 it's, it's so weird to say, but like what's two years worth of, firsts and seconds anymore i feel like la's blown up the the draft capital market in the last couple years so maybe it's because i'm a patriots fan that i see um not necessarily the like first round picks or anything in in a certain light but i think that what are fan like what do fan bases accept i guess that's what i put on the table right like yes the rams Blew things apart. They won a Super Bowl. Congratulations. Enjoy it. It's great. Possibly you could maybe run it back this year uh, with, yep. with a chance. Teams have, like the Rams a little bit now with like the Denver Broncos, have given up long-term stability and longevity in a sellout, go-for-it-now type of mentality. And I guess maybe if I was a like a Buffalo Bills fan, I'd be like, hey, sell out. You know what I mean? But like I look at a team like Buffalo, who did it kind of the right way, brought in, you know, yep. Josh Allen, and they had to go through some quarterbacks before they found Josh Allen. Let's not pretend like, oh, they, you know, they hit they they got lucky and hit him. They had Trent Edwards. They had uh uh what's his name from uh Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor, you know, they went through this, you know, slew and list of quarterbacks before they got to Josh Allen. And then the first couple of seasons was like, hey, is Josh Allen ever going to not be a running gunner? And now you're looking at the Buffalo Bills and we're talking at least uh, assuming health, eight to 10 years of sustainability in Buffalo right now. Um, with a chance of winning multiple Super Bowls, Kansas City, I think you've seen a string of sustainability 
uh, with the possibility of multiple Super Bowls. When you're looking yeah. at Denver and the Rams, you're looking at a very short window and a sh- very short period of time to get it done. Now, it worked for the Rams. So the argument is, yes, it worked. Look, the Rams did it. You know, it works. Why are you trying to argue this? But if it doesn't right. work for Denver, all they've done is given up four picks of high draft picks and spent a lot of money on a quarterback who didn't bring them a Super Bowl. Well, so this is how I view it, and it's ironic because Denver's been in this situation before. They didn't have to give up the draft capital because Peyton Manning was available. But this is kind of the newer NFL, right? If you can't find the quarterback or you don't have the quarterback, I think Denver was in the position, again, where they had accumulated all this talent, all these picks that, again, they were just going to kind of waste away, end up getting traded, kind of be uh, get left in a quagmire. Um realistically right and to relate it back to seattle when seattle gives up two first round picks for jamal adams to give up two first round picks for a russell wilson in a second don't forget they got a second for von miller last year so one of those one of those uh you know no offense but no offense was a first round pick yeah, but you can make ago. up a, t- a tight end. Here, here's the other thing, too, that Russell Wilson now automatically brings to the table for them. What they may not be able to get in draft capital, he may be able to attract in free agency, right? And the my, the the quarterback that instantly comes to my mind is potentially, um, oh, my God, I just drew a blank, Allen Robinson. He's never played with a veteran quarterback. Um, you know, they can add another weapon there. Let's see what the cap space uh, looks like for them. I don't think uh, Green Bay would be able to afford a weapon like that for Aaron Rodgers. So, again, I- interesting proposition there too. Yeah, maybe. Um, here's where I'm going to say Denver's not in the same position they were when they brought in Peyton Manning because they brought in Peyton Manning. They're not in the same position that they're in when they brought in when Tampa Bay brought in Tom Brady because they brought in Tom Brady. Uh, I'm all. I'm, I'm listen. Denver fans, Seattle fans are going to hate when I say this. They're not in the same position L.A. was because they brought in Matthew Stafford, who is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson throughout his career, even in his Super Bowl years, the reason that Russell Wilson is never in the most valuable player conversation at the end of the season is because Russell Wilson is a starter and can't finish a season. Russell Wilson had very little to do with their two Super Bowl runs, the one championship and the one loss. That was all about the Legion of Boom. And look what happened. After Pete Carroll screwed up that call and they threw the football, which got intercepted, which was thrown by Russell Wilson, um, after that inter- after the Malcolm Butler interception and the Legion of Boom fell apart, Seattle was never the same. Ever, ever the same. And I don't think – I like Russell Wilson. Everybody knows I like Russell Wilson. I've talked about Russell Wilson. However – I have fallen off of the Russell Wilson train over the last year or two because I've seen this story play out before. I sat on Sportscaster two years ago and week after week argued why he should be the most valuable player, why it's disgusting that he wasn't the favorite. The guys on that panel agreed with me. Lawrence Owen, who you guys know. Um, You know, uh, guys I respect, Keith, who's now on the radio in New York. Uh, Joe, they all agreed with me. Russell Wilson should be the favorite to be MVP. By week 12, we all agreed he shouldn't even be in the conversation. And that's been Russell Wilson season after season after season after season. Start strong and go great. I want to play the, what Rob Ninkovich said today. 
Sure. Because as we were all going excited, he kind of said what I was thinking. So let me, let me play this for you. So yep. They go out, they, they trade him away, they get a bunch of picks for him. You get some talented young football players. So, you know, I, I think on, on both sides of this, you could say it was a win-win for each team. Now, it, it, it's to be seen if Russell Wilson can go to Denver and make them a playoff contending type team. And it's going to be, he's going to have to be, he's going to have to be the guy. He's going to have to come in, make that team a lot better than, than where they've been. They have the talent. They have the defense. Now can Russell Wilson make that happen? So the reason I said that he kind of said what I was thinking was yeah. because, again, it's this doesn't feel like a lock. This doesn't even feel like a playoff lock to me for Denver. No, no pun very, intended to Drew Lock. Yeah, very well may not be, and I, I you know, I don't want to confuse people. I'm, you know, looking at it from a pure trade perspective. I agree with you. I. I kind of think Russell Wilson has has lost a step. He's a semi-mobile quarterback that's only getting older, so I, who knows how long he's going to be able to extend plays the way he has been. Um, the one thing maybe we can give uh, Denver the benefit of the doubt on is maybe they'll give him something he's never really had in Seattle, and, and that's a half-decent offensive line, so let's see what happens. You, um, know what, you know what the big issue is, though? Here's And this is going to happen in Denver eventually. Why has Seattle never been able to give him a decent offensive line? He's why did why did no? Why did Indianapolis always give Peyton Manning a great offensive line and great weapons, but no oh, defense? I see, I, see, I see. I see the angle you're getting at. Okay, okay. When um, you start paint, they've had to load up his offense. They've had to load yeah. up his defense. There's no money for offensive line. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no money to put the guys there that are going to protect him. Can you draft some? Yeah, but. Yeah. I'd like to point out that Joe Tooney became the highest paid guard in the NFL. Matt uh, Nate Solder left to be the highest paid tackle in the NFL. And I know I'm talking the Patriots, but yeah, you can draft tackles. They'll be there for a few years and they leave. Yeah. Right. Cause you can't afford to keep them. And I think that dude, like you had to pay Tyler Lockett, right? All those years ago, you had to pay beast mode. You had to pay Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Earl Thomas, like, you know, all the yeah. guys that, that made up your championship team. At some point in time, there is no money for an offensive line. And I know people are like, oh, give him a line, give him a line, give him a line. Stop playing Madden, people. Because when you play Madden, you think you, that you can just beef up everything. It just doesn't exist in that world. Yeah, we can use this a little bit too. I'm sick of hearing, because I heard it a lot today in regards to a couple things, and you've probably seen it more regarding the Patriots. The cap isn't fake, people. And people who say it is and think that we're dumb for saying that it's not when you're the New Orleans Saints and you're $60 million over the cap, come come talk to us in a few years, you know? Um, no, I, I agree with you. And it's going to be interesting because now Seattle's got, got some weird things going on where they've got Noah Fant, but they also have Tyler Lockett on this huge contract. They're going to unload Tyler Lockett. He's not He's not old, but he's not young. His contract is huge. You know, DK Metcalf, he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a great receiver. You, you know, so there, there's some, there's going to be some interesting uh, dynamics in Seattle now. Are they in a rebuild? Are they, are they going to go quarterback hunting? What are they going to do? Um, it's going to be interesting. So I've got a, I've got a, a serious question to ask you. 
Sure. I want you to name me one big name free agent that Russell Wilson has attracted in his career over at Seattle. Boy, that's because you talked about you talked about him attracting free agents to Denver, right? There's been lots of time for him to attract free agents. Name me a big name free agent that signed. It's fun. It's funny that you say that. Um, And I think, again, the buzz around this move may create some movement that it wouldn't have otherwise. Again, my eyes go right to Allen Robinson again, because and you and I talked about this um, again, because I think Allen Robinson is thirsty for a veteran quarterback that can throw the football. But back to your point about Seattle. No, I, I, I honestly can't off the top of my head. He tried to get Antonio Brown there a half dozen times over the last three years, it seems, and just. You know, when you're competing with Tom Brady, good luck. And listen, if Robin Allenson's going to sign with Denver, he's going to have to take a discount because this, this hey. eats up salary cap for them, right? Yep. He has a chance to take a discount and play in Buffalo as well. He has a chance to take a discount and right. play in Baltimore. He's got a chance to take a discount and play in New England. He's got a chance to go play in Dallas, especially when Amari Cooper leaves. If he wants to take a discount and go play for a quarterback, who can throw the football. So it'll be interesting to see what. And let's also not forget, this is Allen Robinson coming in on a down year. Yeah, he's – yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with you. There are plenty of places he could go. But, again, for – for my eye, veteran quarterback stands out. I don't know if uh, Josh Allen is quite there, although that's obviously enticing for anybody who wants to go there, right? Yeah, you know, can call the fun. City. All he's got to do is call the fun Diggs. Diggs will say, "Oh no, it's a it's it's great playing for Josh Allen." Yeah, yeah. So it is it is interesting. It it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in year one of a completely different system because this is going to be the first system where they're just, you know, that let Russ cook motto. They're going to run with that all season. They are going to run with that. They are not, you know, it's not going to be, no, we're going to go back to defense and run the, and no, Russell Wilson is going to dictate this thing. Ross, Russell Wilson also outlets the tight ends a lot. Just want to put that on the table. And they got rid of the tight end. Which and they got, they got rid of the sell the tight end. So, yeah. all right, let's take uh, five more minutes. I want you to listen to what Greg Jennings said about Mac Jones. Mac Jones actually made the New England Patriots situation better because of the support that he was given and put around him. But that's how you operate when you're a franchise that understands how to win and what you have. Now, you talk about I didn't see Mac Jones as a guy that I can give the ball to in two minutes, two minutes or the game on the line, put it in his hands. Well, he did that and he was that guy, just not like. Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen and, and, and at that level. And I don't expect that from him as a rookie, Jason McIntyre, as a rookie. Now, all of a sudden, we have expectations for him to be Tom Brady in Tom Brady moments. Like what I do like is him following the footsteps of Tom Brady as a guy who's mm. not the most mobile, who understands I, I don't have the biggest arm. But I need to learn the idiosyncrasies of how to throw the ball. What what made Tom so great? I love his mental makeup and the, the direction that he's headed. So his ceiling, although I don't know what that looks like, I think he's going to shock a lot of us. So Greg Jennings saying he thinks that Mac Jones is going to shock a lot of us or a lot of people. Um, I don't want to get into Mac Jones' ceiling, but I want to get into this from a perspective of – 
and it's it's a debate that I've had with you, and I mean, I think that I use this argument depending how I need to use it in the argument. Right. Uh, but I do believe that Mac Jones has to be compared to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and these other quarterbacks because he is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And the expectation for the Patriots, what they were going to compete for a Super Bowl this year, right? That was their that was the expectations for a lot of the fan base, and I think that for the team. So when those kind of expectations are on the table, you have to be compared to the guys who are going there, the Joe Burrows, the you know, those those kind of quarterbacks. That being said, though, that doesn't mean that just because we're making the comparisons, it doesn't mean that the expectations of what Mac Jones was going to be as a rookie quarterback have to be that high. Just right. because our, as a fan base, and I say our as a fan base, but just because us as a fan base had these unachievable, unrealistic expectations doesn't mean that we have to look at our qu- rookie quarterback and be like, hey, Josh Allen can do this. Patrick Mahomes can do this. Tom Brady did it for 20 years. Why can't you do it? Yeah. Um, again, it's funny that you linked this this morning and on the way home, I'm listening to sports radio and listening to a bunch of people call in and basically saying the Patriots should have been in on Russell Wilson. Why would they keep this, this kid that has a rag arm and is useless and guys, it was his rookie season. And they, at one point they were the number one seed in the AFC. Now, that's not all he's doing. The defense played well at points, but again, you have to give him credit that he managed the team to the playoffs. And they, this kid needs time to develop. Yeah, and let's get off this whole it was his rookie season thing too because year two is still a development year. Right. Um, if there's people out there going like, okay, well, all right, Ray, I'll believe you and say it was his rookie season. I'm going to let him off the hook. But year two, year two, like I better see – I better see Tom Brady-esque moments. I think that we need to see steady improvement. That's what you're looking for out of a rookie. You're looking for the same thing we looked for this season. You looked for improvement as the year went on, and we would see we saw that improvement week after week. Why did he throw that horrible interception against Miami in the last game of the season? Because he's still learning to read a defense. As smart as that kid, as much as he can decipher things, he can still be fooled and read a defense wrong because he's young and he hasn't seen enough and things can get wrinkles can be thrown at him that he doesn't know what to do with because he's never seen it before. Exactly. I mean, and let's go go back a couple of years. Josh Allen was trash until year three, right? I, w- yeah. I wouldn't say trash, but yes, he wasn't but, the Josh but... Allen that he is today. He's he's not the guy who is leading a tr- trash is a strong word. Well, not my word. I'm just saying the general Twitter Twitter sphere, you know, adjective. Let's put it that way. Goodbye, Michael. Night, everybody. All right, guys, we did it. We got through it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm done. I'm finished. DeanBundell.com, RayRoute.com, Patreon.com, slash DPN Sports. I'm not sure what I'm going to do for this, but I got to go do something. Appreciate y'all. Never forget, you're all legit.
everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.